0: Well, good morning, Golden Corner Church. Good to see you. If you're visiting with us, we are thrilled to death to have you here today. Uh, here at Golden Corner Church, if you bring your kids to church, we are thrilled about that. And uh, one of the main things we're interested in here is, is, is helping them spiritually, helping them find Christ, follow Christ. And But if you are more comfortable with your children sitting with you in, in the church service, we want you to know we want you to be comfortable We want you to be at ease. We want your children to be at ease. However, one thing we ask is this. If your children are in the auditorium with you, uh, please don't let them distract your neighbors. And I say that with all sensitivity. I hope that doesn't offend offend you, but this is what I believe. I believe God has a word for you, and I believe God has a word for those around you. And I I want them to have a chance to hear his voice. So just bear that in mind today I'm going to wrap up a sermon series entitled Into the Wild. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, here's what we've been doing. Just taking our Bible and traveling along with the Israelites as they follow God through a wilderness. My purpose in this series is to help people follow God for their whole life. By preparing them for what lies ahead. Now at this point in our journey, this is what we've learned. Uh, God won't always make sense to us. Now he has a reason for that. His reason is he wants to give us something as he takes us somewhere. He wants to give us faith. And why is that, Brian? We learn that it takes faith to follow. We learn that, that God won't always please us. He has a reason for that. And he, the reason is he's trying to teach us something as he takes us somewhere. So every time you face a disappointment, every time you experience disappointment, if you look carefully in that disappointment, there is a life lesson that, if identified and applied, is going to make your life better somewhere down the road. Uh, we've learned that God won't always shelter us. And there's a reason for that. He's trying to make us someone as he takes us somewhere. Which means in order to grow us up, shape us, turn us into the people that he wants us to be, he will often expose us to great challenges and maybe even greater challenges. And then last week we learned this. God won't make you follow him. And there's a reason in that. God wants us to give Him something as He takes us somewhere. He wants us to give Him our heart. God was anticipating that somewhere along the journey that we would place Him at the center of our lives and allow our world to revolve around Him because when He has our heart, we will follow Him because we want to and not because we have to. Now, with all that being said, are you ready to kind of venture off into the unknown one more time? Okay, we'll grab your binoculars and... You're probably going to need a camera on this trip because we're going back into the wild. And this time, there's some things you've got to see. And I believe there's some things you've got to remember. Today, we're going to look back at a story I told you last week. It's found in the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 13, 14. Very condensed, I guess, Reader's Digest version of that story. The Israelites had followed God all the way through the wilderness. They are now on the very border of the land God had promised them. At that point, God said to Moses, I want you to pick a leader from each tribe of Israel, 12 men. I want you to send them up into that land and have them explore it. Uh, You want to know what kind of land is up there? You want to know about the people. And so Moses did that. He sends this team of 12 men in. They spent 40 days in the land. They came back. They gave Moses their report. And in Moses' presence, there were some of the Israelites. And all 12 men agreed on this. The land is fabulous. I mean, this would be, you talk about a blessing. To live in this land, to raise our children in this land, to farm this land, an incredible blessing God has bestowed upon us. But 10 of the 12 said, in spite of that, we don't think it's a good idea to go in and try to take the land. The challenge is too great. Uh, We think that the risk to our family, the cost to our families would just be too great, and and we, we don't think that it's a good idea. So guess what? Those ten guys' opinion of this spread throughout the community of Israel so that the nation itself made a decision, this is far enough. We're not going to follow God. And even though this is the opportunity of a lifetime, we're going to pass on it. And God let them make that decision. He didn't make them. He didn't say, wait a minute. It was my plan. You're going to that land. I'm giving you that land. It's sitting there right for the taking. And So get on over there. He didn't make them do it. He let them make the decision. They made the decision. He said, okay, you don't want it. I won't make you take it. Uh, however, here's the deal. For all of you 20 years of age and above, in other words, you had you know, the wherewithal to make an informed, intelligent decision. If you've decided that this is as far as you're going, you don't want to take advantage of opportunity, uh, the opportunity, the opportunity is off the table. I'll never allow you to double back and go in the land. Done. Over. That's it. And so here's what I want you to do. You can't camp here. You're going to turn around, you're going to go right back into the wilderness. They had to go back into the wild. And he said, for the rest of your days, you're going to wander aimlessly in the desert until you die. And when you die, I'll offer this opportunity to your children. So that was their future. Now there's a lesson. We've gone deep enough into the wild this morning that I am ready to share one more lesson with you, a final lesson in this series. And I think the lesson we learn is God won't always be patient with us. You got it? God won't always be patient with us. In spite of their constant demonstrations of disrespect and unbelief, God had patiently led the Israelites to the opportunity of a lifetime. They could now see the land that he had promised them. Only a river separated them from God's gracious gift. And then when you know it, God ran out of patience. And when God ran out of patience, he closed the door on the opportunity. What happened? It appears to me that as long as the Israelites were willing to follow, God was willing to lead. Even if they grumped, whined, and complained the whole way, God just kept leading. But apparently, every complaint, every criticism, every disrespectful act, and every demonstration of unbelief had been slowly eroding God's patience. Until finally, on the heels Of their refusal to cooperate, God said, that's enough. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of offering you the opportunity. No deal. The Israelites had exhausted God's patience. Now, fortunately for us, our God is a very patient God. Wouldn't you agree? I'm thankful for that. He understands that we're human. He understands that we're up against a very clever adversary. And I think for those reasons, he can be so, so patient with us. However, God won't always be patient with us. You and I need to know that we can exhaust his patience. Evidently, every act of disrespect, unbelief, and disobedience will kind of whittle away at God's patience until his patience is gone. Then what? At that point, progress stops, and the journey takes on a new direction. Rather than going forward, we go backward. Rather than arriving at a chosen destination, we never really arrive at any destination. We just wander along. When God's patience has been exhausted, He will begin closing doors, removing opportunities, and withholding blessings. And guys, this is not a good place to be. So here's what we've learned in the wild this morning. God won't always be patient with us. You know why? We can take something from God as he takes us somewhere. We can exhaust his patience. Now, in light of this, what should we do? No more sermon. You got it? Sermon done. Let me proceed by talking with you, pastor to church, teammate to teammate, okay? Do your best to give me undivided attention. Here's the deal. God won't always be patient with us because we can take something from him as he's taking us somewhere. We can exhaust his patience. So in light of that, here's what I'm recommending that we do. Uh, I'm strongly suggesting that we be careful. Be careful. If I have ever had a word from the Lord for Golden Corner Church, I've got one this morning. It's simple, brief, to the point, and easily remembered. God sent me here today to say to this church, Be careful. Let me explain. When I read Numbers 13 and 14, I see Golden Corner Church. I see exactly where we are. You say, where is that? We are on the brink of opportunity. I believe that we have followed God right to the threshold of a God-given god given opportunity, perhaps the opportunity of a lifetime. Just like those Israelites. Where they were, I believe is where we are. You say, what do you think the opportunity is? I'm the senior pastor here, and as senior pastor, part of my responsibilities is to listen to God, let Him share with me the direction He wants His church to go in, And then come and share that with you. God says we need to go here. To do that, I spend time alone with him with the open Bible in front of me, reading and reflecting on it, and giving him a chance to speak to me. And back in January, one cold January morning, I was here at the church, and that's what I was doing. As a matter of fact, I was reading and reflecting on the Israelites. When God said something to me in a very distinct and clear way, he said, Ronnie, there's more. There's more for Golden Corner Church. You guys haven't arrived. This is not the destination that I had in mind. There's more I want to give Golden Corner Church. There's more I want Golden Corner Church to experience. There's more I want Golden Corner Church to accomplish. And this is what he said. It's time for Golden Corner to pursue that. And you've got to lead them. Now, I don't know exactly when he said, i want to, I got more I want to give to Corner Church. I'm not exactly sure all he's talking about there. When he said, there's more I want Golden Corner Church to experience, I, I'm not sure all that means. But when he said, I've got more I want Golden Corner Church to accomplish, I know what he's talking about. We have an opportunity here to become a transformational church. You say, what is that? I talked about this in the previous series, The Power of One. God wants Golden Corner to be a church that he can work through to change human beings. To change them for the better and to change them forever. That's what he wants. He wants to use us to help people find his son, and follow his son. So that in this process, they discover in Christ everything they've ever been looking for. And that opportunity is the opportunity that I know that this church has. If you ask me what do I think the greatest need of Oconee County is, I think Oconee County needs a transformational church. Uh, the latest demographic statistics said there are about 73,000 people living in Oconee County, and out of those 73,000, about 60,000 of them don't even go to church. Now, that would lead me to believe that probably, if you're not going to church, you probably haven't found Christ, and you're probably not following Christ. And so, I'm telling you what, we live in a fantastic mission field. We're not here because everybody's been reached. We're here because almost no one has been reached. What I'm saying is you don't have to get on a plane and fly overseas or get on a ship and cross an ocean to find somebody that needs Jesus. Eight out of ten people you encounter every week need to either find or start following Jesus. They're all around us. And God desperately wants Golden Corner Church to become a church that He can work through to help these people get to Him and begin following Him, so that their lives and their eternity are are transformed dramatically. You know what? I tell you, I have felt this since the day I came to Golden Corner Church twenty years ago. I believe that he wants to use this church to make an impact in this county. I mean, a real dent to reach a substantial number of these people. Listen, God, now listen carefully to me. I've always had it. In, in, I've always felt like God was, was trying to show me. I want to use your little church to reach lots of those people. I, I, I'd love to use you guys to reach lots of those people. I think that's the opportunity that's in front of us. I think it's exactly where we are. We've come to that opportunity. Now, this is, I believe also when I look in this story, I see what Golden Corner Church is doing right now. We're making a decision. Do we want to capitalize on that opportunity or pass on it? That's, that's what Golden Corner Church is doing right now. We're deciding what we want to do with this opportunity that God has opened up to us. He's going to let us make the decision. You understand, he's not going to make us do this. He's going to let us make the decision. Do you want to become a transformational church? Do you want me to work through you to reach all these people? Do you want me to make a big difference in your county? Or not. You make the call. Now, when I say we I'm not speaking just of the staff and the trustees. You get that, don't you? We are making this decision. You're, oh, 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 Ronnie, don't throw this over on me. I, I, I'm neutral, man. Whatever the crowd wants to do, I, I'm just in. Listen to me. If you consider this church to be your home, you're making the decision whether you're aware of it or not, whether you want to or not. You're making the decision. You say, I'm neutral. In this situation, there is no such thing as neutral. Neutral is no. And so since you are making a decision of this magnitude, God's seeing me here today to say, be careful. There's a lot at stake. You see, your decision... Will have an impact on this entire church. I'm telling you, your vote in this counts. You say, I don't nah, nah, I'm not following. Uh, Ten guys made a decision, we're not going to capitalize on an opportunity, and guess what? Before you knew it, an entire nation had been impacted, and they all said no. Yeah, I'm telling you what, you're, you're making a decision, and your decision is going to weigh in on this entire congregation, and your decision will impact the next generation. Now, faced with this opportunity, this is what the people began to say. If we do this, if we go through the door God has opened, if we, if we try to make good on this opportunity business, it's going to be harmful to our families. That's what they said. This is, this is a risk we don't want to expose our families to. This is going to require sacrifices. We don't want our families to have money. So our, for our family's sake, for our children's sake, we're going to say no to God on this opportunity. Well, guess what God said? Uh, you got that just backwards. If you say no to this opportunity, you're not protecting or preserving or prospering your family. This is going to cost your family. And he said, you know, Here, I'm, just, I'm taking the opportunity completely away from you, and I'll, I'll extend it to your kids 40 years from now. And this, this is what you can go read the story. God said, Your kids are going to pay for this decision if you opt not to take advantage of this opportunity. For 40 years, they'll be deprived of God's best. And God's blessings because of a decision you make. You and I need to understand this. If you've got children and you turn thumbs down on this, I tell you what, the children will suffer the consequences. And even if you don't have kids and you say, I'm not going to go forward to this opportunity, could care less about it, I promise you the children who attend this church will pay for that decision. So you've got to understand there's a lot, there's a lot at stake with the decision that you're currently making. God has opened the door. He led us here. And then now he's saying, Golden Corner, make your decision. You want to do this or not? i tell, tell you, Scott, what I hope I don't see in this story. I hope I don't see the future of Golden Corner Church. Because this group of people said, nah. I know it's what you had in mind. But, you know, bottom line is, nah. It requires faith. Too risky. Not going to do it. What did God do to them? Did he send wolves in among them and had them devour them? Open up the heavens and beat them to death with hailstones or send an electrical storm and just fry them one at a time all over the place? I mean, What did he do? You know what he said? Okay. It's your call. But if you say no, the deal's off the table. For good, he said, "You're going to go backwards instead of forward. You're going to wander aimlessly. In other words, you're just going to go through the motions for the rest of your life. That's all you're going to be doing." You understand that if we say, "Nah," you know, this, as far as the transformation of church, I'm, if it requires more of me, if it requires change on my part, I, I'm out on that deal. What do you think God's going to do? Do you think He's going to torch the building where we're all sitting here one Sunday morning? You know what he'll do? He just simply takes the opportunity away. And when he takes the opportunity away, you know what happens to us? We become like basically every other church. I was reading some statistics this week. A survey was done, uh, this research, and the result of the research was this. 97 out of 100 churches across America... This included all denominations. 97 out of 100 churches never lead one person to Christ. 97 out of 100. Now, do you think that they've closed the doors, called the power company, and said, hey, disconnect our power. We're out of business. Do you think they put a big sign in the front yard and said, out of business? No. You know what? They're having services this morning just like we are. Their doors are open. There's a pastor speaking. They had classes. They got programming. The only difference is there's no divine purpose to what they're doing. You see, every one of those churches at some point were exactly where we are. They were standing at the threshold of opportunity with a decision to make. And unfortunately, they chose poorly. So guess what? God said, okay, you don't want to go in my direction. You want to do take advantage of the opportunity I've given? Then here's what I'll do. i take the opportunity away. You can just wander. And that's what a lot of these churches are doing. And if we turn thumbs down on this, that's what will happen to us. We become one of the 97. Was this worth getting out of bed for? I mean, I'll tell you, some of you are sitting there thinking, this is dismal, man. Come on. I'll tell you what it is. It's the truth. And it's the truth as to Corner Church needs to be aware of. We're making a decision here, and I hope that that's not our future. I hope that's not what we become, that we don't slip into the 97%. Now, some of you may be asking, what do you think we're going to do? I'm going to be as honest with you as I can, okay? I don't have any idea. I must be frank with you. It could go either way. It's your decision. So you should be sitting there with some idea of how it's going because you're making your decision. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones, and God took the prophet out there and said, could these bones ever live? And I love what he said. He said, I don't know. That's out of my pay grade, God. That's between you and them. I kind of swear, as your pastor, that's where I'm at. I don't know what they're going to do with this. They could say yes, and they could say no. Now, I will say this. I'm very concerned. You say, why? I wonder if God's becoming impatient with us. He wouldn't always be patient with us. I wonder if he's becoming impatient with Golden Corner. You see why? Guys, we didn't just creep up on this opportunity in 2017. We haven't arrived there recently. We've been there for a long time. Uh 2008, I did a series of sermons, and in the last sermon I preached, I explained that we're a church facing an opportunity, and, and this is the opportunity, and, and this, is, this is what we've got to do, and guys, the decision is ours. And I'm, I've got it in my notes. I said, we can blow this. 2008, I preached that sermon. That You know, 2012, I did another series, and I said, you know, guys, here's the opportunity we're given. We've got to make a decision, and this is what's at stake with the decision. We better choose wisely. You know, man, I, 2012, I preached it again. 2015, I opened up the year by preaching a series of sermons called No Regrets. And the final sermon, I said, man, we're a church with an opportunity. This is the opportunity, but it's our call. Let's be careful not to blow this. We don't want to go to heaven one day with regrets that we passed on the greatest opportunity of our lifetimes. And now here we are, the fall of 2017, and I'm saying the same thing that I've been saying for nine years. And for nine years, we have stood staring at the opportunity going, hmm. what point does god pull the plug on this you know well, apparently they're disinterested let it ride see, here's what i believe it's just me but this is kind of what i sense in my gut i think we're the generation who's making this final decision I think the people I'm looking at and the people who will be in the next service, I think we are the ones who are making this decision for Golden Corner Church that's going to impact the coming decades of what happens here. I think we're at that point. You say, you're just trying to be dramatic and theatrical. I'm trying to be a prophet, I'm trying to speak for God. I'm also concerned because, i tell you what I see. I see the devil working hard to keep us from doing this. Do you think the devil's not aware of this? Sure he is. He's more aware of it than we are. He's more aware of the potential if we seize this opportunity than we are. And so he's fighting frantically to keep us from doing this. You say, what evidence do you see? Do you, is there division in the church, Ronnie? Factions, contention? No, none of that. You understand, the, you know, the, sometimes the devil uses division to stop a church dead in its tracks, but that's very visible and obvious. There are better, more effective ways to stop a church very subtly and quietly. You know what I see happening in Golden Corner Church? You know the tool that I see him using? Distractions. Man, I can take in the Bible and show you examples of of God's people who were given great opportunities, but their enemies came in and distracted them, stole their focus, and so they put their time and energy and resources into the distractions to the exclusion of what God had put them on this earth to do. I see that happening to you guys. And man, I I fight it constantly in my own life. Problem is, I see that some of you aren't fighting it. Your mind is constantly full, preoccupied with all kind of stuff. Your schedule is full, preoccupied with all kind of stuff to the exclusion of God's mission and His church. Well, you think about it, I, I don't have to try to prove this. How much did you think about Christ last week? How much did you think about His mission last week. You know, how much did you think about your church? You tell me. Were you distracted from all these things by something else? What's got your focus right now? You understand that, that the fact that you're so preoccupied with all this other stuff is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's a part of a well-thought-out, highly productive strategy to get us off mission and to pass on this opportunity. One of the things he uses, he uses distractions. What do you live for? I see something else I'm not sure of the word to use I'm going to use this one indifference just kind of a basic I, I don't really care I don't really care one way or the other you could call it apathy you can call it complacency But it's just a general spirit of indifference. Ronnie, I I don't carry the way. I'll just be frank with you. It's a poison that I've seen the enemy inject into churches. It spreads slowly, it's effective. I see. I see the consequences of indifference in this church. You say, where? I said, in attendance. Our attendance is down. I told the boys the other day, I preached to a lot of brown instead of a lot of people. Brown empty chairs. Now, we we haven't had a church split or some kind of mass exodus. You know, why is our attendance down? I'll tell you why. Because so many people that go to church attend church so poorly. I know that there are times you, you have to work, and I get that. And there are times when there's sickness in your home. There are times when you're out of town. I get all that. But here's it I don't think that's what's I don't think that's a sign of indifference. The indifference is when you're not here and you could be here. You know why? You know why you don't come to church when you could come to church? And I tell you why. You don't care. You know that the teachers of your children worked hard and they prepared something. They got something that's going to help your kids. But when it comes right down to it, you've prioritized some other things. You go, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. I really don't care. Man, what if you'd missed the worship set this morning? There was a lot of time and effort and prayer that went into that, and they did that so that they could kind of help you recenter your mind and heart around Christ this morning. And, and sometimes you know that they've done that. You don't come anyway. You know what? You think, well, I'd rather do this. You know, I know what they've done, but I don't care. And you know, I'm going to pray and read the Bible and study and I'm going to listen. And I'm going to try to come here with a really genuine word from the Lord for you. And, and there are times that you know that's going to happen and you know you could be here, but you don't come here. And I tell you what, you say, you know what, I don't care. I see it in, 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 the, in the way you serve. Not all of you, you know that. Uh, We've had 18 volunteers in the children's ministry alone that have quit this year. As a matter of fact, 10 in the past eight weeks. Now, some of these people had legitimate reasons, and and all of them, we appreciate what they've done, and and, you know, and uh, for some, it was absolutely time, it was in the best interest for them to step out, and, and I want you to know something, we don't have a whole long line of people waiting to step in and fill those slots. We have people who know that they could, and people who know that the kids really need this, and... The bottom line is, if it inconvenienced me in any way, if I had to sacrifice in any way, I don't care that much. I, oh, my gosh. It's 1030 and some of you are thinking, I hope he looks at his watch because that's about enough of this. I, I see it in the way, in, the way our, uh, in our giving. I'll just put it that way. Uh, since uh, July 1, our average weekly offering is down $2,100. You heard me, a week. Now, if that's indicative of what you're planning on giving in 2018, I'll tell you what that means. We've got to take $109,000 out of our yearly operational budget, and we're fully prepared to do that because we're going to act responsibly. If that's what we need to do, is what we're going to do. We, we can only operate on what you give, but, but, but essentially, if, if giving dropped that much from the first six months to the last few weeks, uh, perhaps it's because you know it's your church and you know it takes money to operate and you know what the needs are, but the bottom line is you keep the money in your pocket because you really don't care. Like I, I'm going to be frank with you. Uh, the, the, since uh, February, since God talked to me and said, Hodge, you've got to lead him in this, I'll be honest with you, I've just been the devil's punching bag. He's, he's beat the soup out of me this year. I sat down Monday morning and just said, please, God, some relief. Would you give me some relief? You know what he said to me? You need some perspective on what's going on. The fact is, yes, the enemy is pounding on you. You know why? He's threatened by you right now. You ought to be encouraged. Go in a corner. You know the reason he's bombarded you with distractions and he's sucked all the, all the interest you've got? You know why he's taken the interest out of you about your church. You know why he's done that? He's threatened by this church. He's scared to death we seize this opportunity because he knows what that's going to mean to Christ's kingdom and what it means to his. He knows we're going to step into the darkness and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to lead people out of the darkness into the kingdom of Christ. And he's terrified that this church will seize this opportunity. Hey, wear it as a badge of honor. That's what I'm doing. You say, Ronnie, when do we vote? Well, you've got to understand something. We're not handing out ballots, yes or no. No showing, everybody in favor, raise your right hand. You know, if you're in favor, say I. Aye. The eyes have it. You know what? That's not how you vote on this. You know how you vote on this? You vote on this by what you do. You're going to vote on this when you walk out of here. To say yes, you got to follow Christ. I talked at length about that in the series, The Power of One. I'm not going to go back and just rehash all that. You know what it means to follow Christ is an everyday active process. You build your life around communicating with Christ and cooperating with Him. You listen and learn. You listen and learn. You listen and learn. You trust and obey. You trust and obey. You trust. That's following God. You got to do that. you got to lead people. you got to try to really help people, get unsaved people, find Christ and save people, follow Christ. You've got to start seeing people differently and understand that, you know, the people that you live next to, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, you know, those parents of, whose kids are on the same soccer team as yours, all those people need something from you. They either need your help to get to Christ or they need your help to follow Christ. you got to start trying to lead people. And the third thing you got to do is you got to you got to join the team. You've got to become a good team mate to everybody else at going to going to church. You got to do those things. That's how you say yes. You listen. Say if you want to say no, just forget that. Don't do any of that. And in some cases, that means just keep doing what you're doing. And that's a loud, resounding no. To do that, you know what it means for a lot of you? I would say, if you said, Ronnie, how do we vote? I'd say that this is what it takes, change. There's a big scary church word, change. I don't think you're ever going to follow Christ until you change your perception of Christ. You know how a a lot of people see Christ? As somebody who was, died on a cross, and somebody who will be, I'll meet him in heaven. You know, that's accurate perception, but there's one thing missing. You've got to change your perception to see that Christ is somebody who is. He is a vital part of your life now. He is your friend. He is your example. He is your mentor. He is your Lord. You've got to change your perception of Him so that you'll start following Him. You've got to change your perception of yourself. If I ask you this morning, what are you? You'd go, a man, (laughs) a woman. You know, what are you? I'm a Protestant, Catholic What are you? Republican, Democrat. What are you? Carpenter, teacher, doctor, nurse. I'm not asking you how you make a living. What are you? Did you know that all of us can answer the question the same way? We are all missionaries. Every last one of us have been placed on this earth, kept on this earth, because we're supposed to be fulfilling a divine mission, helping people find and follow Christ. And one of the reasons you sometimes don't do that is you don't see yourself as a missionary. You've got to change the perception of yourself. Man, you've got to change the perception of your church. You know how some of you see church? It's an event that my family and I sometimes attend. You've got to change that. That's not accurate. Church is a team of which you are a vital part. This is your team. You know what that means? Without you helping them, they can never fulfill their life's mission as they were supposed to. They need you. But you need them because without them, you will never fulfill your life's mission. And so you want to go forward with this, guys. It may require changing the way we're thinking, changing the way we're acting, so that we follow Christ, lead people, and join the team. Now you see what I'm trying to do this morning is as your pastor I just want to make sure you know where you are, what you're doing how much is at stake how to make the right decision because that's what I want. I want you to make a good choice here. I want you to make the right decision. And next week the staff and I we we want to talk to you. And we just want to tell you from our perspective what you could do to be a good teammate here at Golden Corner Church. Okay, I'm done. Last summer I did a series entitled With a Little Help from My Friends, and we learned that one of the things we need to become everything God wants us to be is we need somebody to be honest with us. Now, you can hate me this morning for everything I've said if you want to. But the truth is, I've been honest with you. And I've been honest with you, not for my sake. Although I admit, I don't want to die on this side of the river. I don't. And I'm too old to wander. i it with you for your sake, because God gave you this opportunity. I don't want you to miss it. I want us to see this opportunity together. So I've, I've done what God told me to do. He said, tell him this. And I have. Now the decision is yours. I've made my decision. I'll be honest with you, I'm a follower of Christ. I follow him. It's an active. It's what I do every day. I lead people. I can give you the names and addresses, phone numbers of the people that I'm actively involved in, trying to lead to Christ and trying to lead to follow. I can. I, I do this stuff. Good team member. I'm trying to be. I don't want you to think I'm a hypocrite. I'm not. I'm living this. Trying with all my heart. Will you follow me? As I try to follow God? Let's do this. Let's pray together. Father, help us make the right decision. Uh, For our sake, sake, it's the sake of the following generation, but God for the sake of the 60,000 in this county who desperately, desperately need you. Help us choose wisely. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.